Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. My name is Carlos Alvarez, and I will be your host for this show. Um, on today's episode, we have returning guests or returning, returning. I, I think today marks a record for most returns to the show. Um, Will Perry, Will was a guest on episode 188 and episode 202. Um, we talked about testing your TikTok, Facebook ad creative, like an elite media buyer. And in our most recent episode, how to run Facebook ads like TV. Welcome back, Will. Been a long time. Yeah, I know, right? Great to be here with you again. Yeah, we're we're batch. One, one of the behind the scenes things about podcasts is you batch record these and then they, they come out at this later date. When you're listening to this, yeah. it's like, wow. Um, but we we actually, this is our second recording this week. So pretty awesome. Yep, Another first for, sure. for me. Yep, that's it's uh, definitely uh, definitely cool to kind of build the momentum on the chats that we've been having, and hopefully, when people are listening to these, they're not like so. When we list them on on you know uh, uh, iTunes and whatnot, if they see Will Perry, Will Perry, Will Perry, Will Perry, hopefully everyone's not like, what the heck? Like, like can we get some spacing and get a get somebody else on the show here for a minute? But I think it'll be. I think people will love uh, what we're going to jam on for sure. Heck yeah. And, that, and that'll only be people who have not listened to the episodes or know you because you're a wealth of information. Um, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time in this episode going over your, your, your background. Some important things that I think are important yeah. that I want to bring up is you're the founder of Reason Agency, um, uh, an agency that helps seven and eight figure DTC brands scale with paid traffic. Uh, you also, can I share, if you don't mind, I should have asked beforehand, but should I, can I share the deal you shared at the end with the listeners of last episode? Can we share that again? We're working on, we can, we can share some of that. Yeah. All right. So if you use the code wizard, um, you're able to unlock the elite uh, media buyers Academy for seven bucks, which is like chock full of SOPs and a lot of other gold when it comes to running your ads, which I think is amazing. And I've shared out to the group and it's, it's got a lot of people talking about it. So uh, today uh, we're going to awesome. focus on testing, testing ads. Um, testing for scale, if you will. And you seem to be the master on this. So uh, talk to me, where does somebody <laughs> fo following, like picking up where we left off in the, in the, in the last episode, what yeah. scaling, scaling for most people I feel is increase the budget. Um, yeah. And testing might be, you know, changing something in the title, changing an image, changing an audience targeting, what is testing for you and how do you use it to scale? Yeah. Um, testing for me is kind of like how scientists run very detailed scientific experiments to decode a new type of formula. Um, like I, we really look at it at that fine level of detail. Um, it's very intentional. Um, and I mean, I've just found over the years that the way that a lot of other marketers run their ads uh, lacks so much intentionality. And, and so there's just kind of like anything else in life, right? When you, when you kind of meet someone where you're like, wow, this person has taken things to a whole nother level that I didn't even know was possible. Right. And I think one of the areas that I try to, um, I try to kind of uh, relay it to or relate it to rather is like, you know how when entrepreneurs will talk about how they've become enlightened into a specific topic and then it seems like their world just like went from my dad used to joke with me to not look through the world with your blinders on. 
when I was a kid. And it, I would relate it to that of just how much your mind can be opened to this aspect of testing through your, your ad creative and through your media buying to a level of detail that most people doesn't even know exists. That's, that's how deep we go. Can you, can you give examples like my mind? And I think listeners mind might work better when we plug in a product. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say that, um, let's say we're running Facebook or TikTok ads and we have a winning ad, uh, a winning ad, you know, maybe that has spent, you know, a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars It's generating, you know, five, 10 K 20 K in sales or something like this. Um, a lot of people that this is sort of the decision tree that a lot of people go through, they will just start launching more random creative in hopes of generating similar performance. And that's what the majority of marketers, agencies, media buyers, in-house marketers, et cetera. That's what they do. They randomize their approach to testing, AKA their creative selection. And typically what happens is, and I'll give the example, at some point performance declines and they don't know why. But the difference or the complete 180 of that is what I call sticking to the winning ad formula, which is a mental model. That means optimizing through your creative, which essentially means I'll take one ad, one winning concept, and I'll turn it into 16 potential variations and there's a lot of different elements that I can pull the trigger on or the lever on to optimize that creative further in order to beat the control. And here's one good example. The biggest needle mover for optimizing a winning ad on Facebook and TikTok is, for example, the thumbnail. And barely anybody does this. And so we'll literally take a winning ad and we'll develop 10 to 12 potentially new thumbnails to capture attention on this creative that we've already proven to work. Not only will we do that, we will also test down into the levels of the exact messaging and headlines on this creative using promise hooks and promise headlines, X result and Y time headlines, proclamation statements, down to that level of detail. So you could literally have a winning ad that you could very easily turn into a hundred variants for testing in order to beat the original control. And that's like two to three layers deeper from how most people randomize their day-to-day approach to just launching the next image or the next video with zero idea as to whether it will work and when it doesn't, why it didn't. So, so I'm understanding that you have, uh, when you're saying the creative for anyone that's not, that, that, that's not savvy on this and is, is just yeah. used to Amazon. So we're talking about the creative, we're talking the visual, right? The, that the, is correct. Yep. The, the graphic or the video, or as you, as I'm still mentioning to people, you mentioned that you ran a, a copy only ad uh, before, right? And that was yeah. successful. So, so whatever the visual is, like you have that, and mm-hmm. that is going to be your control. That's going to be your constant. You've already started running an ad and you've determined that this works really well. And then instead of going out and just grabbing a whole bunch of different visuals or graphics or creatives, you're instead going to tweak or craft your copy in a way that supports that image in different ways. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So 
So here's a good one. Go ahead. Sorry. Wow. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's um, so kind of uh, so I'm trying to think of an example here real quick. So a hook that I always have on my mind um, is like some variations that that we run from time to time um, for several different offers in a variety of ways is um, so in direct response, implied fast result is kind of some of the secret sauce, right? Like if you can give someone an implied fast result, they're like, oh, I want this. I need this. And so as most people probably know, when it comes to uh, advertising in general, compliance is, is big in the weight loss um, sort of case uh, space, which is one of the most difficult to crack from, a, from a, uh, um, an industry, right? And so a hook that, that we've run a lot that works incredibly well that we actually have taken inspiration from tabloids, by the way, is... Um, is, is this the fastest way to go from 175 to 155 question mark? So there's no claim. There's no like, Hey, you'll lose weight implied fast result of 175 to 155. And so essentially what you would do with that is, is write that same headline in five to 10 different ways, because when you're writing, an ad, maybe is this the fastest way to go from 175 to 155 doesn't resonate with you, Carlos, specifically in an ad. But if I wrote that headline as, is this the easiest way to go from 175 to 155 question mark, you might be like, fast isn't important to me, but easiest is important to me. Then I could also write that same headline as, is this the best way to go from 175 to 155 question mark, then I can write it as, is this the safest way to go from 175 to 155? So you're, you're pretty mark. much, you're pretty much showing those, everybody why marketers are dangerous, why copywriters are dangerous, right? <laughs> and also why, why the people who understand it, why they just get it and their offers crush and those who don't can never figure it out, right? Because I know the formula, I know the framework, and um, something that all that I can't take credit for that Todd Brown talks about. I'm sure you know Todd Brown, OG, direct Absolutely. response marketer. He talks a lot about specificity of one, the changing of one word, which I just demonstrated in that one specific example where we changed uh, best to safest to fastest to easiest. Those hooks are going to emotionally trigger different people. And when we can develop variations of a winning concept, aka an offer that is driving a massive amount of sales, we can reach different people. This is going back to the last episode within a broad setup that have different desires with different pain points. And that's what like most people never get to that level with their ad optimization because they don't even understand what messaging is actually like creating the action, you know, and, and that's the difference maker. Where would somebody start that's in that position though? Like, is it, if they don't already know what's going on and they're ready to run ads, do you think like, listen, you, you need to hire someone for this, you know, you need to reach out to Will or, or where, where does somebody yeah. go to learn this? EliteMediaBuyersAcademy.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, 
no, honestly, like, I don't know if I recommended this book in our first episode. Like, I'm a huge Dan Kennedy fan. And um, RIP, Dan Kennedy. Uh, I would read the no BS rules of direct response marketing, like, like mandatory, mandatory reading for anyone. I mean, anyone who's doing online uh, marketing and online sales, mandatory reading. Um, so if I wanted to open my mind to direct response offers and copywriting, I would read that book because it is, it's broken down and very easy to digest, uh, you know, concepts and how to's and, and all those things. Sweet. I, I wrote it down. I don't know if I might have that book and I don't know if I've read it, but uh, I'm going to solve that. So it sounds like somebody starts running an ad starts running an ad once they've dialed yeah. in an ad and it actually works then yep. is it safe to say your first approach of testing that ad now to take it to another level is that is like okay you obviously is there any time that you start with the creative on an ad that's working yeah good question yeah so the the first move or the first step should be optimizing through that winning ad and the way that you would be able to do that is using a methodology that I call ad variable isolation. And so what that means is if we all picture a Facebook ad or a TikTok ad, there's really seven or eight elements that we see when we see that ad. We see the, the name of the brand that the ad is from. We see the visual, aka the image or the video. Sometimes we will see the headline, which we call the creative headline, a text overlay on the creative. So that's three. We will also see the first line of ad text. That's the hook. That's four. We will see the headline within the ad. That's five. We'll see the, the description below. That's six. And we'll see the call to action. That's seven. We call that the scroll frame. So the scroll frame is like when you're scrolling through your feed and you're like, whatever stops you, that's the scroll frame. So visualize here for me for a second. And anyone who will listen to this is now imagine if someone skips past your ad, right? They, the, your scroll frame did not capture their attention. So if I just, if I'm in the boat of constantly creating my next ad, I actually don't know why they didn't stop, right? So simplified just simple, simple. Why did they not stop? So what I also don't know is what, so let me back up here for a second. If, if they did stop and then they bought the remaining 90% of my ad is what converted them. Right? So if I put more emphasis on stopping people in the feed, I don't have to optimize the remaining part of what we call our VSL, right? Our sales script. We can optimize for attention. We can optimize for engagement. We can optimize for stopping the scroll. And this is where most people go wrong is they just go create another video with another random script, with different hooks and different messaging, with a different avatar, with a different actor, with a different model. And then they just continue spending money on creating. Um, and a, fr uh, a friend of mine taught me this a few years ago, editing is easier than creating. And when I finally embraced that concept through optimization versus creation, because creation is exhausting, right? Like we can drive ourselves crazy trying to come up with our next biggest and greatest idea. 
but small changes are actually the thing that make massive moves versus big changes that we have no idea what actually made the move, if that makes sense. 100%. I, I think the thing, the thing I'm, the, the phrase is, I feel like at Disney, when I go on, like, it's a small world and you can't get the <laughs> yeah, song yeah. out of your head. So like editing is easier than creating that hit hard. Um, okay, nice. Yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent true. What, so you're looking at first and, and this mm -hmm. stemmed from the question of like, do you ever start with the creative and your, your first focused is stopping the scroll. Cause obviously if you can't stop the scroll, then nothing else really matters. Right. Yeah. Nothing else really matters. Um, so, so yes, yes. With starting with the creative and then you're going to tweak the copy first. Yeah. So, so as I would, good question. I'm glad you asked that as a follow-up. So when we implement this, this methodology of ad variable isolation now, and with your question of adjusting the copy, for example, if we have those eight elements within our ad, the next time that we run it, when we use a methodology of ad variable isolation, we're only changing one of those eight variables, right? So we might just adjust the hook, Going back to that original example of implied fast result, changing the wording from safest, easiest, safe, or what did I say? Fastest, easiest, biggest, best, et cetera. And that is, that is the true art of optimizing through your winning ad formula and your winning concept versus a, what a lot of people will do is they'll just go create a completely brand new ad with new hooks, with new messaging that may or may not even have an emotional trigger with a, with a new video that has a completely different sales script, then when they go run it, they don't really have any true comprehension of what is actually grabbing the attention. And so the way that I run it is that I will make a copy adjustment like the biggest, safest, fastest, easiest, and I'll keep that winning ad going for weeks longer and not get myself stuck in the creation mode, which takes time, energy, resources, dollars, et cetera. Um, and consistency is, is the result of that whole process. How much, once you make that tweak, let, let's say you went from yeah. fast to healthiest, um, or yeah. is it the implied fast result? So once you make that tweak, you're leaving the other ad to run still. Correct. You've added another uh add to run in parallel as a test how long do you run that that new test because i'm assuming they all don't work that's why we're testing right how long do yep. you run it and how much are you spending on it sort of in comparison to the already proven winning ad yeah good question um so every brand will have different kill points um for their preferred cost per acquisition so in the amazon world we call that a cost right or acos um, where we have like a target ACOS and more like the paid search, paid social side, we will usually call that CAC or CPA. And so like, let's say that my target ACOS or my tar target CPA is $50, for example. So we'll just use easy numbers. Um, typically what we will do is we will set our daily spend on this new ad at our target CPA, AKA $50. And typically what we're willing to do is spend up to anywhere between two to three times our target cost per acquisition to get at least one sale. If we do not have at least one sale, by, by time we get to 
two to three times cost per acquisition average, we kill it. And so we put very clearly defined kill points in place for what we're looking for, which a lot of people also do not do, is they kind of will just reactively, oh, this ad's not working and they kill it way too soon. It could potentially be a winning ad. Um, and so, you know, anywhere from, if you're testing more aggressively, you might launch that same exact test at $100 per day. And within 48 hours, you have your initial, your initial results. Um, if it passes the early, we call these kill points, if it passes the early kill point, you know, then you're running it anywhere from four to seven days. Um, these ad platforms need time to, to go through learning. And that's, that's Google, that's Facebook, that's Amazon, that's TikTok, that's LinkedIn. Um, they all need time to figure things out, right? It's kind of like the stock market. It'll go up and down for a week, and then it'll sort of start to level off. But you have to have patience um, in that process as well. And um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll have that early kill point, and then you'll monitor it for about a four to seven day period. And then you'll sort of make moves from there. Say the seven days, we arrive at the seven days and it's going well. It's not exceeded that, that kill point yet. So testing doesn't end. Do, do you now, and I won't continue going with this like six steps down the road, but like, do yeah. you now go back to the first winning ad and make a different tweak? So you have three different ads running or are you going to do testing exactly. on the new second one? Yeah, good question. Um, so let's go back to our original example of is this the fastest way to go from 175 to 155 question mark? Um, let's, we'll just operate in this example that that was a winning ad, right? Like we came out of the gate winning ad. What I would then go do is I would go launch anywhere from, this is you know definitely some gray area, three to five different ad variants at the same time now. So I'm actually testing at 250 per day by optimizing this one concept, right? So one, one ad's gonna say safest, one ad's gonna say easiest, one ad's gonna say best, for example. Those will all have the kill point in place. Um, so I'm, you know, you're not just putting all eggs in one basket at the same time as well. And so majority of the time, one or two of those tests are gonna be winners. And so skipping ahead now, you know, let's say that we're at that seven day mark, as long as we've set our budget appropriately within a seven to 10 day period, we also, not only do we have a, a clearly defined kill point, we have a clearly defined winning point as well, which is typically 10 conversions, 10 purchases, same on TikTok as it is on Facebook. And at this point we is when we start scaling. So we will literally take that winning concept and implement a variety of different scaling strategies and sometimes 3x or 5x the actual budget on that one specific concept or that one specific ad and then all the remaining stuff just gets killed so on a day-to-day -day basis you know 10 to 20 percent of your actual total daily spend is being used on actual testing and then you're using 80 percent to essentially squeeze as much juice out of the orange out of this winning concept. And so that's why to go back to the original title, testing system equals scaling your face off because when you find those winning ads, it is not that difficult to go from $1,000 a day to $10,000 a day 
Because if you're repeating this testing process daily and weekly, you're just playing by the law of averages and percentages at this point. If you have a 25% to a 50% winning ratio, you know, there's a minimal amount of spend in comparison to the total amount of spend that's being used on testing. And then you're just scaling the heck out of these winning concepts, which would not be possible without demonstrating mastery for, for the copy, right. For the messaging that is actually working. That's sweet. I, I got chills just thinking about being on the other side of that <laughs> 1000 to 10,000. The, what, what other testing yeah. would you recommend in addition to this? Yeah. So that's just, so, um, this testing methodology is actually part of a four phase, uh, system that I use. So phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, phase one is message testing. So we're getting a clearly defined winning variable in phase one within our messaging in phase two, we're escalating that in a step-by-step -step procedure from messaging then into creative testing, AKA the thumbnail, the image, the video. Um, then we're progressing then into initial scaling, which is testing different audiences. So a little bit nerdy and a little bit um, in the weeds, but you might test a very large interest like health and wellness, for example. And then you might test what we call broad or open targeting, meaning no interests, no lookalikes. And then you might test a 10% buyer's list of the specific product only that is related to the ad that you are running. And that is the initial process of scaling. Then you progress into phase four, which is truly the scaling process. That's where the majority of your spend will be used. 70 to 80% of that $10,000 a day, for example, is gonna be used on the squeezing the juice from the orange sort of analogy. And so, um, you know, we're testing variables at, at all of those levels. Um, very detailed uh, from that capacity. Step five is retirement. <laughs> step five is <laughs> step five is cash that check. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or repeat. Um, exactly. Do, do you have another example? Like we used um, implied fast result. <laughs> like I, I feel like I, I really, I, I still can't let that go. And I know a lot of other people listening, especially Amazon sellers that don't outside yeah. of the title of their listing, don't get to really, you know, play with, with copy, uh, outside of, um, outside of that or on Amazon or with their ads. So what could you give another example with that first tweak? Like instead of maybe implied fast result, like what, yeah. what else would you use? Um, yeah, let me think for a second. Um, I mean, you're, you always want to communicate your, I call them emotional triggers. So you always want to communicate your messaging through those emotional triggers, which are newest, fastest, easiest, safest, biggest. And even if we're not directly saying this is the newest supplement or, uh, and I'll take it one layer deeper because mushroom uh, supplements and powders and things are huge on Amazon, right? There might even be some guys who are, who are selling that stuff that listen to your show. I know that that space has blown up over the last few years. Oh, there are. So instead of saying, yeah, they are. <laughs> Instead of saying, like, this is the newest ingredient to the superfood mushroom, you might, you might communicate that through a lens of why this is the best ingredient for focus, 
why this is the safest ingredient in comparison to all of the other ingredients and all of the other mushroom products that are on Amazon because they all use synthetic XYZ, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? So something, so we want, go ahead. So something, so something like instead of, you know, my mushroom, whatever being the best, or instead of mentioning the ingredients, you'd say something like, why lion's mane? I don't know. Like, why lion's mane is um, the best for memory? I don't know. Is that what yeah. you're angling at? Yep. And I'll take that one layer deeper is um, another Todd Brown concept that is borrowed from a variety of other ways around the unique mechanism. So let's say that it is uh, <clears throat> um, why lion's mane. Here we go. Why the lion's mane superfood matrix is the best ingredient for focus, clarity, longevity, uh, whatever, like just, just fill in the blank of implied fast result again, right? Or desired result actually would be the better way to put that. And so you use these emotional triggers for differentiation. Like if I'm an Amazon guy, I'm literally reading all the product headlines that every one of the mushroom sellers is running. And I'm finding a way to communicate through my headline why mine is the, the newest or the, the fastest or the safest or the, the easiest to consume um, or has the best ingredient for desired result, such as focus or you know stamina or something like that. So you can use this on Amazon. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so somebody, search. somebody listening to this, who's, who's crushing it on Amazon, let's say, and they, they're, they're ready to go off, um, uh, to, to go off Amazon here. Do you have like one or two regardless, you don't have to know their product. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter. Here's like one or two things. Just don't do this when you're going to go run, when you're going to run a Facebook ad. Man, this is a great seed to plant for the next episode, actually, is building an acquisition offer that is ready for paid traffic. And so I'll just kind of English. English, yeah. And so simplest version of that is if I'm an Amazon seller and I'm selling a $25 product, $30 product, $50 product, like straight up, do not, I like, I forbid you to run that, that product or that offer through paid social, through YouTube, uh, et cetera. Reason for that is you're, no, you're going to come nowhere close to getting the same conversion rates off of Amazon as you're getting on Amazon. My guess is that you're probably converting somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 to 10% on Amazon, which is really freaking good on Amazon. Not going to happen when you're running Facebook ads, TikTok ads, et cetera, like Amazon has built this powerhouse for conversion that you can come nowhere even close to matching. Like, and so what I mean by that is building an offer that gives you a chance, like that is, that is the key to success off of Amazon is a lot of guys will just be like, dude, I sell phone cases on Amazon. Why can't I do it through my Facebook ads? Yo, good luck straight up. Good luck. Like, don't call me. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way. Um, so mistake number one would be not building an offer that gives you a fighting chance with, with paid traffic off of Amazon. Um, and the second one would be not having a funnel 
or an asset that allows you to, you know, upsell, cross-sell, and maximize your revenue potential off of Amazon for those same reasons. Like a lot of a lot of guys, gals, businesses, et cetera, you know, they're just like, oh, I sold phone cases on Amazon. I'm just gonna create a product page on my Shopify site and I'm gonna sell phone cases. But like the, you know, the funnel guys, like the email guys, you know, the the guys who've been in the game, and I'm when I say guys, I mean gals and everyone else as well. Like we understand the full funnel, which means we've got upsells, we've got cross sells. We're sending our new customers seven emails in the first 30 days and three text messages to maximize our profit, which is like just no, not that many people do that. They, 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 uh, probably out of just because it takes work more often than not. And so not approaching your funnel uh, in a way to be able to help you maximize profit. Cause most, most will just look at it like, well, my ACOS on Amazon is 35%. So I, I should be able to do that by running Facebook ads to my, to my website. And it's like, no way, dude, like not even going to, you're, you'll be lucky to break even. <laughs> well, what do you, what do you say to the, to to the same seller though, that only has one product and is doing, you know, seven figures in sales on, on Amazon. What totally do you tell them like tough, you need to add more products or do you have other ways to, to approach that? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of tough, you need to add more product. Uh, second thing I would do is kind of what I call the three option offer. Um, so that's a little teaser for, for our next episode is the three option offer is just like, simplest way to generate more revenue is sell, sell more of the thing that you're already selling. And so, uh, buy one, you know, buy two, buy three, buy five. So buy three, you get 15% off by five, get 20% off. That'll increase average order value in the actual acquisition, you know, journey. Um, so that's, that's what I would do. If I'm a, if I, if I'm a one skew brand, I need to create a three option offer that allows me to sell more widgets at when I'm buying the traffic anyways, I might as well sell three of them and, or five of them. Anything we haven't covered on testing for scale, like that you, you'd want to share that someone like really needs to know this uh, about testing so they can scale. Yeah. Um, don't, when you approach your paid traffic, don't think of budget. And what I mean by that is don't think of a monthly budget, a yearly budget. And here's why. I've taken brands with their paid traffic from a couple hundred dollars a day to $10,000 a day in like 45 days. So if you're like, Hey man, my budget is 10 grand. Like number one, the mindset's not even there for scale in the beginning. So what I want you to do is I want you to focus on a daily spend. And, um, and I'll give you an example. Cause I'm getting ready to run one of my first affiliate offers from an, an e-com product. Um, I do a bunch of other like affiliate stuff and run other e-com stuff, but this is what my mindset is approaching this offer. I'm looking at my cash return period of ads into my payback. That's the only thing that matters, right? Is that like, I just need to start at 200 to $500 a day and it's not going to be as efficient early on, but on day 14, my return is going to be much higher that pay payback is going to start 
coming back into my bank account. I can spend that money on the next round of ads and I can start increasing what I'm spending on ads. And so like, if you approach it of like, oh, I've got a, a, a weekly budget or a monthly budget or a yearly budget, like you're constantly capped. You are, you are your own limiting factor with regards to scale. I actually don't talk about budgets at all with my clients. And I'm spending multiple seven figures a month on ads. Um, I only talk about where can I start? Like, where can I start from a day to day? What's my KPI? Then when, I'm, when I hit it, I'm like, hey, can I get more money? And there's plenty of ways to find money. And, and, and the reason you say two weeks there is, is that's taking into account you know, the, the, the channel learning your ad and, and getting to know you. That's why you're not saying, listen, on day two, if it's not returning this money, then let's stop. Is that right. correct? Yeah. And then also, if you think of, depending on, you know, how your logistics are set up is like, you know, Shopify, it might take Shopify up to seven days to send you the money, you know, back from the sales that you just generated by using Stripe and ShopPay, right? Um, and so you're getting that money back that you can then spend on ads again. So you don't have budget. You just created cash flow, like in a 14 day period. Right. So your budget is basically what you can float. Like if you're, if you're willing 100%. to spend a hundred dollars yep. a day, instead of looking at that as you have a $3,000 a month budget, you're just, if you know that you spend a hundred dollars and you're getting, I don't know, 150 back, um, right. 200 back that, and you get paid for those sales in five days, then you really just need right. 500 bucks to start this. Correct. Is that about right? As an example. And then, yeah. Right. And if you, then when you go to 200, 500, a thousand, ten thousand dollars a day, it doesn't really matter. Cause at what point do you say, no, I'm, I'm not going to give you 10,000 for 15,000 back. Right. Exactly. Okay. And that's where like, you can get into, you know, there's different cash strategies that can be implemented. Like, you know, there's different pay, like ad cards and things like that with different, like 60 day terms where you can actually extend your float you know, you can borrow from ClearCo and they'll give you a hell of a lot of money for a three to 6%, you know, uh, fee. Uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of ways to get the cash to finance the ad spend. It just comes down to like the float. It's exactly about the float. That, that last part and about guy, financing, that's where so, I'm going to get about 80 emails for this episode are coming <laughs> for that. I know a bunch of, maybe we could do an episode on how to finance your ad spend. Like, I think that would be phenomenal. I don't phenomenal. mean to continue I don't continue to mean to overextend my welcome, but I've got a lot of strategies on that too. Oh no, I love it. How, how to finance your ad spend. Are you kidding me? It'll go viral. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. So we could definitely chat on that. Um, got a bunch of ways that, that we, that we recommend. Um, but yeah. And then I guess just final, final thought on that would be the guys, I keep saying guys, the people who are willing to, extend their float the longest those are the ones who win why 90 90-day float does that matter day float because they're able so i'll go back to a dan kennedy reference here again he who spends the most to acquire a customer wins and so like just kind of me versus you just made up example you might be willing let's say that you've got a million dollars and i've only got five hundred thousand you might be willing to pay $200 to acquire that customer. I might only be willing to pay $100 to acquire that customer. You can grow faster than me because you've got the bankroll. 
right? So you can extend that money out longer than I can. So I'm not able to scale as quickly because my cash re float return is not as quick. And so you're going to, arbitrary numbers, you're going to double faster than I am. Um, and so he who spends the most to acquire a customer wins. The people who make e-com business decisions based on lifetime value of the customer with regards to how much they're willing to pay to acquire a customer, those are the ones that get to the IPO faster than the small guy. Ryan Dice actually said something was, I guess he used part of that. It says he who's willing to spend the more for the longest wins. Yep. And he's a Dan Kennedy disciple as well. So, so yeah. that's definitely a spin on that <laughs> for sure. I never attributed yeah. it to Dan Kennedy, but okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's, um, I want to be respectful of your time. You've dropped a whole bunch of books here. Um, going to cost me, I, I, I suspect about a hundred bucks on Amazon and some books, but it's well worth it. Um, uh, the yeah. next episode that we do is going to be about, uh, like we were, like we were hinting at, at the end, um, how to build acquisition offers built for paid traffic. And I want to, I want to, from a learning perspective, I want to talk about financing ads at some point. So like that, that for might sure. be in the, that might Let's be in the pipeline in. as well. Heck yeah. What, um, elite media buyers, academy.com or do you, do you know if the, the code is still going to be valid? Code is still valid. So elitemediabuyersacademy.com backslash wizard. Yep. If, if, if any little bit of what I've shared with you guys today has been helpful, just imagine what is on the other side of that. Would love to have you join us. I'm I hope that I can blow your face off even more and uh, would love to give you some strategies to scale online. Absolutely. As always, exceeded expectations. And I'm, I'm even more excited to have you down in Miami for a presentation slash workshop in the very near future. So thank you so much for your time today. Heck yeah. Pleasure. Great to be here.